Welcome. Let's talk about urban planning. We discussed today the use of pattern language approach in bridging the gap between formal and informal urban planning practices in Africa. Priscilla Namwanja, my guest, and I will, will focus on a case study in Kampala, Uganda, where a pattern language approach was used to develop a framework for wetland management that incorporates the needs of both formal and informal communities. Rodrigo Silva here. Let's talk about urban planning. Priscilla, welcome. Thank you, Rodrigo. I'm happy to be here. Priscilla, to help us better understand, I think it's going to help contextualize the conversation. Let us know briefly what pattern language approach is. The pattern language approach, as we used it for this research, involved developing what we call patterns from the informal practices of citizens and the formal practices of authorities. And then we condense these practices into comprehensible units of knowledge. So that's what we call the pattern. Mm -hmm. And this follows from the work of Christopher Alexander, Mm-hmm. who did a pattern language. It's the same idea that we used in this case. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, to our listeners, this article is included in a whole collection, Open Access, devoted to Christopher Alexander uh, and his work. Priscilla, you and the authors uh, indicate in the article that uh, the pattern language approach can facilitate communication between professionals and laymen and uh, document citizens' innovative activities. So I think this is the relevance of the topic. Tell us more about that. Yes. So there is, from my experience working with informal communities here in in Kampala and generally in Uganda, Mm -hmm. I always had the question of how can these innovative actions that citizens come up with to cope with their way of life, how can we document these practices and how can they be incorporated into the formal planning process? So the pattern language presented an opportunity in which that this could be done. So more so we were testing the method as a way of bridging that gap between the informal and the formal in the field of urban planning. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems to me by reading your article and your co-authors that uh, the void that you want to fill was the limited use of pattern language approach uh, in urban planning in the global South. Is that so? That is part of the void we are trying to fill indeed. The pattern language has been around for a while and has been used primarily in architecture and just gaining a bit of recognition in the discipline of urbanism, urban planning and so on. But even then, that has been explored in context in the global north. Mm -hmm. So this presented a unique opportunity to test the method for urban planning within the context of the global south. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let us yeah. know about the main conclusions of your research. We found maybe two key conclusions or two key uh, results. The first is the importance of the pattern language in the community workshops. So we had community workshops with the citizens of the enforcement working with, as well as representatives from the formal communities joining these workshops. And there was an interesting could I say codependence between the two processes of the workshop and the pattern language? 
because using the pattern language in the workshop allowed for effective community participation would get people were able to express uh, what they want to say more clearly, especially from the informal communities able to document and record their practices in a way that they could be understood by everybody else Mm -hmm. uh, within the workshop. So uh, that was a very key input of the pattern language in the community workshop, but vice versa, through the community workshop process, the patterns were able to be developed, to be refined and to be clarified. So those two processes are codependent in a way, and that was one of the findings that we had. And the second was the result of the work, which was a framework, which in the language, in the patterns language, we call the pattern field. And this was showing how the four sectors of the formal and informal can link with each other. And we're able to see where the, the, the gaps were, for example, between the goals of the formal communities and the on-ground initiatives of the citizens. There is a gap there that bridged, but also between the local actors that are actually on ground in these communities and then the formal actors that are seated in the offices. How can we also bridge that, that gap? So I think those were the two key uh, takeaways from this research. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, the study was conducted in Kampala in Uganda, and I'm curious to know more about the potential policy impacts of, of what you found. Can you tell us more about that? Yes. What we found is there are quite a number of projects, urban renewal projects and community develop- redevelopment projects that are initiated either by the government or by different NGOs and other stakeholders. So we felt that this, the findings from our research could aid in the implementation and sustainability of these projects. If you're able to identify who the stakeholders are that are needed for the implementation and then have them in the process of the community using the pattern language, we're able to get everybody's input more clearly and using the framework, you're able to identify who is responsible for what. I mean, it seems simple, but this is where the the issues begin, you know, who is responsible to make sure this happens in this way. And so when you're able to clearly identify that using a method that everybody understands, then the the rate of success for the implementation of this project increases. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Let's jump again into the academia realm. Researchers should explore more of this topic. So what's future venues of research, more work in the global south, more applications of the pattern language approach uh, in urban planning. So what's what's ahead of us? I think both. I think both. Definitely more applications of the pattern language. I think there are the innumerable ways in which the pattern language can be explored in planning, but also in other disciplines that are related to urban planning. I think this is one way uh, we used it, but there are other ways it can be used. But also studying informality in the global south, understanding it as its own mode of urbanization and trying to leverage it in the planning process mm-hmm. for cities in the global south. Mm-hmm. Is there Are there any materials that would like to share with our listeners to further explore the topic that we've been discussing? Yes, there is a project that was done in, I believe, Cairo, Egypt, 
by a lady, an architect called Nana Fay. I think the project is the whole Sim Foundation Awards website. And she used, or she called it informal pattern language. Mm-hmm. And she was exploring pattern language in informalities mm-hmm. or informal settlements in Cairo. It was leaning more towards architecture mm-hmm. and how the method can help with improving the architecture of these settlements. I think that was unique. I would also encourage the listeners to look out for Reframe Urbanism on Instagram and LinkedIn. And here it's me and a group of colleagues that are exploring how the pattern language can be used in other communities, in other cases within development in Uganda. Priscilla, let's close this episode. We have a great episode at hand. Let's close this episode with a punchline. So if you could wrap this conversation up in one or two sentences, what would it be? It would be informality is its own mode of urbanization and the pattern language is a method that we can explore. Straight to the point. Priscilla, thank you very much. Thank you too, Rodrigo. This podcast is powered by Cogitati Press. You can listen to this episode on the Let's Talk About Urban Planning website, on Cogitati Press YouTube channel, and whatever you get your podcast.